Hello and welcome back to yet another episode of the O Word Podcast. My name is Omar and I'm here with my buddy. Johnny Ha. Hello. Hi. How you been? Were they supposed to give my last name? Uh, I've been doing it. We've been doing it subconsciously. But... Yeah, I don't remember. Oh, well. But uh, happy... Uh, there's actually a lot of holidays. So happy uh, International Yoga Day and National Aboriginal Day and National Selfie Day and National Smoothie Day and National Take Your Dog to Work Day and Summer Solstice and World Day of Music. So everyone, grab your yoga mats grab and your, your smoothies and dogs. Head over to work and then take a picture while there's a summer solstice while you're listening to some music. Aboriginal music. Yeah. Yeah. Happy <laughs> Happy Friday, everyone. How about that? That sounds better. Happy, happy Friday, Friday, dude. Kay. Summer solstice, though. Isn't that supposed to be like the, the hottest day or the longest uh, day? Yeah, longest day. Most sun. Oh, gosh. It's been hot. I was telling you this earlier. It's humid. Very how, humid. Uh, I put oil in my hair so it doesn't look so dry and dead. But uh, I walked my dog outside, and it felt like my hair, my scalp, skull was cooking. Sizzling. Yeah, sizzling. Like a fajita plate. Yeah, like yeah, when they bring out the fajita <laughs> plates at Chili's. A little toasted, a like, little burnt. Do I need to go inside? I probably should, for the sake of your skin. But according to the page, uh, the conspiracy page that I follow on Instagram, mm-hmm. the sun's good for your skin, and it's actually the sunscreen that causes the skin cancer. That does not sound right. Yeah, but they also say stargaze, or sungaze, sorry. Yeah, you sent me, they were doing a live podcast or something, and it was just two people arguing with each other, and I just, I couldn't. They were both arguing the wrong points, like not one of them was on the right side. Well, you know what? It happens. There's those people out there. Yeah. But hopefully we can share some knowledge that's real. It makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you want to tell them what the word was for this podcast? Yeah, so the word for this week was coast. C-O-A-S-T. Coast. I also like how we introduce the word, even though when you click to play or download the word, it says, this is the word. Hey, maybe someone's blind listening to this. I think it's a podcast, Johnny. But... Coast, so like coaster, roller coaster. Yeah, I thought about doing roller coaster. I thought about a lot of things. Um, so, what did you like Google after you heard coast? Okay, well, you were telling me that this was a really good word and they had a lot of options, but um, for me, I was like, I was kind of stuck. So, I decided to do more geographical things. So, I focused on islands. Mm. Because really, islands are just a bunch of coasts. Yeah, they're surrounded by coasts. They're land with coasts around them. They're coast-locked. I looked into different kinds of islands, and I think I found some pretty good Okay, so I kind of did the same in a way. Like, my coast also refers to the geographical coast. Yeah. So today, I'm going to tell you the story of Terrence Stanley Fox, better known as Terry Fox. You know Terry Fox? No... You know about Terry Crews and Jamie Foxx. Yeah. Different guy. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Terry was a Canadian athlete, humanitarian, and cancer research activist. He was born in Winnipeg, Manitoba in July 28, 1958. Winnipeg. 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 I nailed it, right? No, yeah, it's just... You think that's where Winn-Dixie came from? No. Winn-Dixie's a dog from, like, Mississippi, right? I don't know. You never read the book? No. You never watched a movie? I feel like I have. Yeah. 
Win Dixie was a du- never mind. A terrible it's... memory. Uh, but anyway, as a child, Terry was extremely competitive, and that's why he hated to lose. But that's why he was so interested in sports such as soccer, rugby, baseball, and especially basketball. Where's he from? Winnipeg. Winnipeg. Basketball. Manitoba. Okay. Where's Manitoba? Canada. Yeah, I wanted to say it was Canada. Yeah, he's Canadian. Okay, cool. Did I not say Canadian? Mm, oh, I no. say he was Canadian. I didn't say Winnipeg was in Canada. But he, yeah, he was chilling in Canada, uh, loving basketball, but he was short. He was like five feet tall. Oh, uh, I thought it was going to be some super tall no. guy who was just a natural man. No, he was too short, and he sucked. Apparently, he just wasn't good at basketball. You said this is his story as an athlete. Yeah, yeah, we'll get there, we'll get okay. there. And, uh, but that's why his 8th grade coach convinced him to go to do long distance running instead. Cross country. Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, I, I like, so his coach convinced him to not play basketball and to play, uh, or do cross country. He mm-hmm. ended up doing basketball too, but this just, just reminded me of our high school, like, we couldn't afford to push people away from any sports. We had to get as many people to do sports as we could. Yeah. So there was like these like ten kids that played every single sport. No, but um, it like cross country is one of those sports where if you're tall, it definitely helps, but it doesn't hurt. Where in basketball, if you're short, it doesn't hurt. Doesn't help, but it definitely hurts. It definitely hurts. So I'm glad he made that smart transition. Well, he uh, didn't really want to do cross country. Nobody wants to do cross country. <laughs> And that's why you want to tell uh, tell everyone about your cross country journey. I hate it. Oh, well, okay. To be fair, the experience was fine, but the actual sporting events were the worst. I came in last every event. <laughs> but to be fair, I was always like fifty pounds bigger than every other kid <laughs> running it. So uh, the way it happened was I was just jogging near the campus Doing of the your school. Best. No, well, I was just jogging because I wanted to try out for soccer. Oh, yeah. And the cross-country coach comes up to me, and he's like, hey, you want to join our team? I was like, what What sport is this? And he's like, well, we're starting a cross-country team. <laughs> what the hell is that? I was like, oh, so, like, you guys started, like, last semester? And he's like, this is our first practice. I said, oh, well, I'm not a runner. And he's like, what are you doing right now? I said, Jogging, oh, you got me there. You got me there. <laughs> so um, he, he convinced me by telling me, like, uh, you might not get into soccer, but you'll definitely make it on the cross-country team. He, so he was saying, we need someone, please. Yeah, so I ended up running cross-country for two years. Dude, you're basically like Terry Fox. I'm basically The, the coach Terry said, don't do soccer, do, yeah. do cross-country. I think I would have had more fun in soccer, but, I mean, it was fun regardless, I guess. I remember someone trying to convince me to do that. It was probably you. And I, like It might have been our other friend who was also on the team. Her yeah. dad was one of the coaches. Yeah, I remember other people like trying to convince me. I was like... People just think because I'm skinny I can run. Nah, Bro, nah. I get tired. Uh, I remember one track meet, I was running with another bigger guy. Aww. And we were running at the back. I was, and I mean, I wasn't tired. I never pushed myself either. I didn't mind coming and last everything because <laughs> I already had the letterman. I was more in it for the social aspect. But I was in last place with one guy, and he looked like he was about to die. I was oh, like, no. So I, I slowed my pace down. I was like, I'll jog alongside this guy. And I was jogging with him. And I was talking to him, and he's like, I think I got to quit. I was like, what? Cross country or the race? I slowed down for you. Quit running, the race. I was like, I slowed down for you. I I said, no, we we big fellas got to stick together. So you both quit. No, no. (laughs) He ended up, 
I don't know why they would do this at a cross country event. It's only five k's, five kilometers, three miles. Yeah. A golf cart was tailing the slow people at the end. Oh. And he just took the golf cart. I was like, oh my god. He took the golf cart. So yeah, that was my slowest race. But to be fair, it's because I ran with that guy. You took one for the team. Yeah. And the coach would always get mad at me because every race, I'd like sprint the last 100 yards or so. And it's like... Bro, this dude got energy. By the end, everyone's like dying. It's like, where did all this energy come from? I was like, yeah. Yeah, I've been chilling. (laughs) I'm fine. I get tired. I get too tired. Like, I tried to run a mile the other day, like straight. Mm -hmm. It was hard. I did it. But it was hard. Yeah, I went to uh, I went to the treadmill. I've been running uh, just for thirty minute times, uh-huh. and I've only been running like two and a half, two, two, around two and a half miles nonstop. Well, no, the treadmill. I mean, I'll slow it down nonstop. I don't get off the treadmill. Dang, it's impressive. But no, I used in high school. I used to run three miles in the thirty minutes. You peaked. So, I did a so a ten minute mile. Ten minute miles not, it's not great. But I did 13. I Googled it. Pretty average for a person okay, that doesn't cool, run. Cool. So we good. Anyway, um, where were we? Terry Fox. Uh, yeah, he didn't even want to do cross country. So he tried even harder at basketball, even though he sucked. That's good, though. Yeah. he Like I said, he was determined. And this is going to be something that's going to show up again and again in this story. His determination and stubbornness sometimes. So uh, he still sucked. And that's why he only played one minute in his eighth grade season. But eventually he kept going at it and he made it to the JV basketball team in college. Okay. So he did it. I mean, he's like. He made it further than us. Yeah, better than the average person. Yeah. So um, one season playing JV basketball in college, he felt this pain in his right knee and uh, he ignored it until the end of the basketball season. This is where he was stubborn. Because yeah. uh, he just wanted to keep playing. That's definitely not me. At the first sign of yeah. pain, I'm on the floor. I'm like, medic, I need... <laughs> <laughs> you weren't even in pain and you didn't try. Get the stretcher. Yeah, so uh, this is one instance where like his determination became stubbornness. So he didn't want to give up to the end of the basketball season. Mm-hmm. Um, but the pain got so bad at one point that he had to go to the hospital. So once he went to the hospital, he learned that he had a form of cancer called osteosarcoma, which is cancer of the bone. And it always almost always starts around the knees near the mm. knees so that's what he had that's good to know yeah so if your knees are start hurting probably cancer first thing well first wait no. out about a basketball season yeah yeah yeah. And it's then if you have a pain by your knees it's always cancer always always every single time always even if you just bumped it even though you cancer. see a scrape on your knee always get it checked out yeah better safe than sorry exactly so uh he ended up having to amputate his leg oh wow so yeah pretty extreme uh the cancer like it it, they couldn't get it to stop spreading without Mm -hmm. like just removing it and uh he had to go undergo chemotherapy to keep the cancer away so at this point he was uh, 19 years old this was in 1977 um and during that time his chances of survival were a whopping 50 percent like through chemotherapy and all that okay and that's actually a big number compared to what it was two years ago before he got like uh, this chemotherapy treatment. 50% that he'll live or 50% that he'll die? Both. Oh, my God. That's worse. 
That you saw that joke. We, we, we saw that, that joke. You partook in it. I did. <laughs> okay, so um, fifteen or two years earlier, the chance of survival through something like this was yeah. only fifteen percent. So it's gotten better. Yeah. So so that's when you realize like this 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 cancer treatment thing is pretty good. You know, it's growing. Mm-hmm. Uh, or like the the cancer research is really making an impact because he felt it personally. Yeah. Firsthand. He, yeah. Yeah. Better word. Thanks. Uh, so after his surgery, um, he got a prosthetic leg and that allowed him to walk just three weeks after the surgery. What? This is where he was determined. Oh, determined. Determined. A positive connotation. Uh, so just three weeks after he was already, already walking. You could say he coasted through chemotherapy. That's not where you're going to put it. No. Okay. I thought that's where it was coming. No, 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 no. And that's the end of it. <laughs> okay, so after 16 months of chemo um, and seeing, like, so many suffering from cancer throughout the treatments and in the hospital and stuff, mm-hmm. he felt like he owed his life to medical advances and wanted to make an impact on the world after he got the second chance. So he kind of devoted his life to it. That's cool because, like, when you were starting the story, I thought he was going to be, like, an Olympic runner who got really famous, then got cancer, and then used all his money. But the fact no. that he was just a college basketball kid... That wasn't even that good. It was going to make a difference. It's really cool. Yeah, so he's determined to make a difference. We don't know if he's going to make a difference yet, Omar. Oh. Don't spoil, spoil. it. But uh, he was inspired, um, especially by an article by Dick Trom. Mm-hmm. And he, Dick Trom was actually the first amputee to complete the New York City Marathon. Mm. So, person with a prosthetic leg finished a whole marathon. Is he going to turn his life back to cross country? Dude, I'm sorry. I'm ruining all your Omar, stories. you're later. spoiling it. You just got to tell me we'll get to that. <sighs> anyway. Okay. Because of that article, he decided to start a 14-month training program. And he started that uh, program because he wanted to complete a marathon himself. Mm. That's kind of cheating, though. Copying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, I guess I'll let it slide. <sighs> Whatever. Terry. Uh, so he told his parents he wanted to run a marathon. But this dude was wild. His real plan was actually to... Run the length of Canada from coast to coast to raise awareness for cancer. <laughs> That's like one of those things where you tell your parents, yeah, yeah, it's just a small party, just a small couple friends gathering, and the entire school showed up. Yeah, so this dude ran, or his idea was to run coast to coast, across Canada. And I don't know if you knew this, but coast to coast in Canada is longer than coast to coast in the United States. What? It's long. Oh. It's a long it's a long distance. Um so like this dude with one leg now and a prosthetic leg, so I guess one and a half, wants to run the length of Canada and that is five thousand miles. Why didn't you just yell, I want to run across Quebec or something, you know? Okay, so five thousand miles, a marathon is twenty three miles? Something like that. So he's running approximately seventeen thousand marathons. That's not accurate. I just I said a number. No. <laughs> Wait, 20... 25. Let's say 200, 25. 200. 200 marathons? More, more than 200. Back to back? Yeah. Oh, not more than 200. Yeah, more than 200. That's probably more steps than I've had in my whole life. I don't know. We should figure that out one day. Yeah, not today. Yeah, no, not We're today. We're podcasting. Too. We're podcasting. We'll do some mathematics and research later. But uh, obviously... As a guy that just lost his leg and just got a prosthetic leg, he had to train. So, that's what he began doing. So, 
Sorry, I burped. I had a little gas in my tummy that came out. But uh, his his prosthetic leg, uh, as he was training, he realized that his prosthetic leg um, was slowing him down. Yeah, it slowed him down. It made him hop step. Well, what did you expect, Terry? Um, Terry was Terry's doing his best. Okay, yeah, I guess he's determined. You're right. right. He had to do his to do this hop step thing on his good leg because his fake leg needed like extra time because it had springs in it that Mm -hmm. took a a little time to reset after each step. So yeah, it slowed him down a little bit, and um, the training was also very very painful for him because of the pressures on his the nub, the nub and his actual leg. Oh, his supporting leg, yeah, more, carrying. especially with the hop. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so it led to bone bruises and blisters. Bone bruises. Which is not good recovering from bone cancer, you know? You don't right. really want to bruise those that's up. poor bone. Like, that sounds terrible. That bone sounds bruises? worse than the blisters. Uh, I'm I've sure it is. I've had my fair share of blisters, <laughs> but I've never had a bone bruise. Yeah, so. regular bruises are pretty painful, to be honest with you. But a bone bruise? Yeah. You can't rub it, you know. No, you can't. You can't put any like Vaseline on it and make it go away. Yeah. No, it's 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 a, uh, it's different. And uh, so as he was training, he realized that after twenty minutes, apparently, he hit some pain threshold to where like it was fine. So like, this dude, <laughs> this dude is crazy. That's when your nervous system is like. I've done all I can. You know what? I'm <laughs> yeah. just going to take a break. You don't listen to me? Fine. <laughs> take five. So apparently after 20 minutes, the pain was so extreme, but it things just got easier after 20 minutes. It, it just got better. Whatever. This was it didn't crazy. get better. <laughs> no, he just dealt with it. Yeah. Uh, he, he was just numb to the pain. But after just two years of training, he was able to complete a 17-mile race. That's impressive. Yeah. 17 miles. So... Um, when he did that race, he completed it, but he was actually dead last. And the next to last person was 10 minutes ahead of him. Okay. But, but also, I bet you the other person had, <laughs> I bet you the other person had two. Yeah. So. But he, he finished it. He, after just two years, he finished a 17 mile race. I bet you the guy who came in second to last, like his family was like, hey, but you didn't come in last. He's like, Really? The guy in last had one leg. <laughs> yeah, one I came leg. in last. And that's just like a regular, um, from what I know, he was just using a regular leg. It's just a regular prosthetic. Oh, okay. Like, I meant. Not um, the blades? You yeah, not those? the blades. The yeah, blades. the racing prosthetic those are legs. crazy. But uh, after this, uh, completing this race, he finally told his parents his real plan. <laughs> so he told them, like, yeah, I plan on running uh, across Canada, coast to coast, running uh, east to west. That was his plan. Okay. And his goal was to raise a million dollars at first. But then after a while, he was like, you know what? Let's raise $10 million. Oh, I thought he was going to go down. Like, uh, that's not really nah. reasonable. We'll he go went, for 500000 He went higher. It's kind of like when the coach said, hey, you suck at basketball. He said, I'm going to keep trying. And I'm going to play in high school and college. <laughs> so uh, he upped it to ten mil. But after a while, he was like, you know what? This is kind of crazy. I want to raise a dollar for every Canadian citizen instead. How many Canadian citizens are there? A lot. He upped it to $24 million. Oh, jeez. So he said, I'm going to raise $24 million. And that was his goal. Oh, jeez. So this run uh, was dubbed the Marathon of Hope. That's a good name. It is. It's very good. I could think of different, better names, but... Like what? Gotcha. The Marathon of Canada, or... 
Um, fun run. The Canadian turning a new leaf. Canada's Which, marathon. Oh, hey. like the maple leaf. I was wondering why you emphasize yeah, leaf. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so uh, his personal reason to complete this run, other than obviously. Yeah, I was gonna getting... say, what more personal reason do you yeah. even having cancer? Well, you know, he had other reasons too. Um, was to conquer his disability, so that's why he w- wanted to do this, uh, and to raise money. Yeah, because he saw how significant cancer research uh, affected his life. But like a thing like that, I bet you he would have done it even if he raised zero dollars. Yeah, to just overcome his disability because cool. only because of how stubborn and determined he was. Like, that's why he would have done it regardless. Yeah. Does he say, I don't care. I'm doing it anyway. It's like when someone says, don't do that. Then you want to do it. Even more? Yeah. No, yeah he, he took this in a new level. Yeah. But while preparing for the race, doctors said that he was actually physically fit for the race. Like, he was fit enough for the race um, other than his enlarged heart. Oh. Yeah, but that's, that's a real a thing. thing. That's <laughs> a health concern. That's a real thing that apparently is common in a lot of athletes. Big hearts? Yeah, big hearts. At okay. least have big hearts. But he he decided to go on anyway, uh, but the doctors made him promise, like, hey, if your heart hurts, hurts, yeah, if you have issues, we're going to stop. And he was like, cool. Yeah, I'll give it a basketball season's yeah. worth of waiting. Yeah, under, <laughs> under one condition. You stop if your heart starts hurting. And he was like, yeah. Um, so he actually spent a lot of time trying to secure sponsors. Mm-hmm. Apparently, there's a lot more into this than just putting on your shoes and running. But uh, he got sponsors to afford things like a vehicle for someone to follow him to make sure he's okay. Uh, running shoes, and that was uh, donated by like, Adidas. The vehicle was donated by, I think, I Ford. Can... Oh. <laughs> the vehicle was like a Ford motor van or something mm-hmm. like that. And he got a running leg donated to him. Nice. Yeah, that and probably made a huge difference. Oh, I'm sure. He probably asked that guy for a rematch, like the guy that beat him by 10 minutes. Was running back. <laughs> Boy, I'm back with my running leg. Um, and to cover like other miscellaneous costs, like food and stuff like that. You would figure the running leg would be one of the first things he would have got when he started training. But... Honestly, he probably didn't know. To, like maybe this wasn't a common thing. When was this? 19... This is 70s. 70s? Yeah. Because like just recently we had that one Brazilian, I think... Um, Olympic runner with one who killed his wife. Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah. yeah, he had a running leg. So like that's two amputee, double amputee, right? Well, I think I so. He might have been. Yeah, yeah, I think he was W amputee, but he has them running blades. He has running blades. They're basically just crescent shapes. That the crescent runs forward and then back. It's like an upside down question mark. Yeah. 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 So he said, "Give me some question Gives marks." Gives a little bounce. Exactly, a little spring, spring, spring step. Spring your step. Hey, your step is a spring. You, you got actual spring. So, um, he, the it was pretty cool the way he accepted these donations. Like he would only take donations from companies that had no conditions attached to it. Yeah, that's... like like that didn't make him do anything because he only wanted to take donations from companies that actually wanted to take do- or give donations. So he, um held strong that no one was going to profit from this run. Just pure donations. So the run began in the Atlantic Ocean uh, in eastern Canada. That's where he, like, dipped his toe in the water. And he's like, Oh, that's cool. Yeah, he dipped his toe, and then he uh, got two bottles of water. One, like, from the ocean. Oh, okay. One was just to keep. He just wanted to keep bottle of water, and the other one was to, like, dunk in the other ocean. Pour in the other ocean. That's cool. He was like, 
symbolic stuff. Yeah, I hope he didn't get desperate. Like, let me take a, I'll drink this bottle and salt <laughs> oh, water no. and just throws up on the side. Of the the guy in the van with him is like, "Hey, no, I have I have oh. water, chill out, bro." <laughs> so, um, his friend is his close friend Doug Alward was also there. Doug was gonna be the guy in the van. Okay, cool. Because he's be driving the van, cooking the meals for him and stuff like that, helping out. So, like at this point, he has to go through with it, you know, because then he'll be the guy who called it the hope run and lost all hope and quit. Yeah, no, he 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 went through with it. it. He's he's doing it. So in the first, just in the first days, he experienced heavy winds. The article described as gale force winds. What? Yeah, uh, heavy rain and a snowstorm. It says first few days, so I'm assuming like within a week. I was going to say, why didn't he just start in a different season? But it probably took him a couple seasons, right? I'm sure. He was yeah. training uh, 14 weeks, I think, for yeah. that run or something like that. But, um, like, clearly everything wasn't turning out <laughs> the way Terry wanted. Um, so he was in a pretty bad mood the entire time. Or this beginning part. Like, so much so that he was fighting with his friend Doug a lot. And they were barely on speaking terms by the time they got to, like, Nova Scotia, which uh, I don't think was too far. So, uh, yeah, he was feuding with his friend that was helping him out. Uh, Like, they even had to get his brother. Mm -hmm. I think his brother's name was, like, Dully or Deli or something like that. I didn't write it down. But uh, his brother had to come in and help and be, like, a buffer between them. Mm. Like, hey, y'all chill. Please stop doing this. So, uh, even more problems came up. Um, once they, for example, once they got to uh, Quebec, they couldn't speak French. Oh. So, they had to deal with yeah. that. Um, also, apparently people kept forcing him off the road. What? Drivers. Yeah. Why? I don't know. Drivers kept trying to force him off the road. They were just, the Canadians were supposed to be nice. You think they knew his story and he's like, oh, that's the cancer guy. I'm going to scare him. Ooh. Bro, I love cancer. <laughs> he tries to run him off the <laughs> road. cancer. That's wild, dude. Yeah. Especially with the van following behind. Yeah, they were just like, hey. Cutting in between the van and him. Yeah, for, uh, we hate him. Let's run off. This guy's running for cancer, but we're going to run him off the road instead. Okay, so. About a third of the way through this 5,000 mile journey, uh, Terry ended up collecting about $200,000 in donations. That's a lot. So he's at 200000 but this was nowhere near his goal, and like he was upset about it. He's, he's pretty discouraged about it. Uh, he didn't get, like, the attention he wanted mm-hmm. throughout the whole thing. He It wasn't going the way he planned. Well, it's one of those things that built momentum yeah. the closer he gets to the end. So I tell Terry, don't worry about it. If <laughs> hey, I Terry, were Doug, chill. If I were Doug, I'd say, first of all, I hate you for the first, uh, for first, few days. first stretch there. But you got to think about it. It's got to build momentum. Yeah. So he was, I mean, this is probably just because of his competitive nature, not being able to reach his goal qu- or seemingly not being able to reach his goal because it's not finished yet. But at if it kept going at this pace, you know, obviously they wouldn't reach a goal of like twenty four. Also, mil. I mean, Terry, you just raised what fifth of a million dollars. That's, yeah, that's good. It's a lot of money. It's enough for a home. It's not twenty four million, but yeah, it's me. It's up. It's it's. I'd like two hundred thousand. I'm sure the people at St. Jude were like, "Wow, thanks, Terry." You know? Yeah, dude, awesome, Terry. But uh, yeah. So this is just a third of the way in, um, uh, but. He did get the attention of Isidore Sharp. So this is the CEO of Four Seasons Hotels and Resorts. Hmm. So Isidore Sharp uh, ended up letting uh, Terry like stop at any um, 
like Four Seasons Hotel Resort to be able to rest, eat, and stuff like that. Oh, okay. He also pledged $2 for every mile of the run. That's what he should have done. Did you ever have the, what's it called, the math, what's it called, math Olympics or something? or Mathletes? Mathletes? I don't know. I don't know. No, in elementary school, it was this booklet. And you would get different people, and like for every math problem you solve, they'll pledge like a nickel or something. What? And then you go through the math book and you try and solve as many problems, and then they donate that money to whatever it was for. No, I do not remember this. My grandma just made me do that stuff for free. Oh, no. Well, you wouldn't keep the money, Johnny. Oh. It was for something. My grandpa definitely didn't donate that money to charities. Man, I forgot what it's called. I'm going to look it up. But keep, yeah, keep you, going, you can keep look going. it up. But, yeah, so this CEO decided to pledge $2,000 for every mile of the run. And so that that's just $10,000, which is a lot of money, but, like, not a ton for a CEO of this large corporation. But he also persuaded a 1,000 other corporations to do the same. So with all the – it was almost 1,000, so we'll just call it 1,000. So with uh, – I like facts, Johnny. So if it's 873, you got to tell me. It's it was probably 972, you oh. know? Why didn't Close you just say 1,000? I don't remember what it was. But let's say about 1,000 other corporations doing the same thing, and for 5,000 miles, ends up being a $10 million pledge if he completes everything. So that is a, a lot more than 200,000. It's definitely a lot more than 10,000. So it's looking pretty good. Um, so at this point, he, he has a lot, Terry has a lot more um, encouragement. He has a lot. He's a better attitude now. He has, he's better vibes. He has good vibes now. (laughs) He has good vibes now. So at this point, he's running 26 miles a day in the summer heat. That's more than a marathon. He's running more than a marathon in the summer heat every day. Crazy. That is a lot of running. People train so long to run one marathon. He's running one every day with one leg. More than one every day with one leg in in the the summer summer heat. heat. Yeah, it's not the Boston Marathon in the middle of fall or whatever, no. October. So he's going wild. And uh, at this point, even though at the beginning there wasn't that much um, support, now the Marathon of Hope had a ton of support. So anytime they would enter towns, they would have things like police escorts through the towns. Um, they even like helped kick off some sporting events, like they would do pit stops. Uh, bands would meet them. People would greet them as they're uh, running through a town, and he even met with like the prime minister. So, oh, so now they come into his support, right? Right. So they, after four seasons, stepped up. Four seasons, Mister Sharp, sharper image over here. But um, so he took quite a few pit stops, uh, even if they like made the path longer, and he did that because he knew, he thought, and knew. That it would bring more publicity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So he would get more donations. And obviously it was starting to work. So even though that's a good part of the race, um, Terry's body was taking some damage. His at this heart? Point. Not his heart. A lot of things. Okay. And at this point, he's, I mean, he's thousands of miles in. Yeah. Of running. So with one leg, clearly he's going to have problems. He had things like... Give me the damage. Huh? Give me the damage report. All right, you ready? All right, so shin splints constantly. That's a 10 out of 10 on the pain scale. Inflamed knee. 9 out of 10. Swollen knee. He got a cyst on his stump. 4 out of 10. 
You ever had six on your stump, Omar? I've never had a stump, so. It's more than four. Five? I don't know, to be honest with you. <laughs> but he had six on his stump. He experienced dizzy spells, and he even ended up getting tendonitis in the ankle. Okay, two and then nine. So he's on a pain scale of 20 out of 10. <laughs> um, and the, he didn't even know if it was tendonitis in his ankle. He thought mm. it was something worse because oh, it was a pain that was persisting. God. He's like, it's just pretend nice. He's like, cool, let me run a few hundred, <laughs> oh, so few thousand more miles. All you had to say was, I'm fine. Yeah, yeah, you're good, bro. Even though, he, as he has cysts on his stump and shin splints and all these other things. Got quaaludes. Did you just for the quaaludes? Try and keep it going. Uh, so, of course, his determination didn't let him stop. He kept going through all the physical pain. And he even ended up, like, ignoring regular mental checkups and suggestions to, like, stop for his future health. I was going to say, if you're avoiding mental health checkups, that should be a red flag for your mental health, right? Yeah, probably. Medical checkups. Did I say mental? Yeah. Sorry, I meant uh, medical checkups. Just if you're like avoiding health. medical checkups, that still speaks something about your mental health. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know why... I... <laughs> no one like tried to force him, but you see where this is starting to go. <laughs> no, they they definitely told Doug, hit him with the van. <laughs> with Doug, Break stop the other him. leg. Doug's over here like, guys, I've wanted to do this since day one. <laughs> I'm ready to end him. Uh, that's insensitive. But anyway. <laughs> I mean, Johnny, come on. They're fine. They're not fine. Anyway. <laughs> um, so even through all those things, he didn't stop. But eventually... He uh, got to a point where he was having, like, a coughing fit. He couldn't stop coughing, and it was so bad to where, like, he had this huge pain in his chest and he had to go to the hospital. Mm. Once they got to the hospital, they Did realized... Did he to the hospital, or was he... Driving? Nah, oh. they were like, you driving me to the hospital. Okay, good. So, at this point, at the hospital, they're realizing that he now has cancer again. You son of a gun. So, his cancer is back, and it spread to his lungs, hence the coughing fit. He's so, a real jerk about it, like, oh. Yeah. What timing? This is like the anime episode where the arch nemesis comes back right when you're about to. It's a little plot twist, but there's yeah. no sequel to this one, Omar. I'm sorry. Okay. <sighs> Keep going. So after 143 days of basically straight running, he had to stop. How far did he make it? He made it 3,339 miles. Out of? Five thousand. So, he was thousand miles in six hundred sixty-one short. Wow! It wasn't five thousand exactly. That's also a ballpark number. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he ran a lot, and so before this article, I was actually looking at other articles of people running coast to coast in the United States. Mm-hmm. And Forrest Gump. Yeah, 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 basically. Yeah. No, uh, oh. other people. But <laughs> uh, but also, side note, the fastest, like, run across the United States from coast to coast was 42 days. What? Yeah. That was That's, in 2016. That does not sound right. 42 days. Dude. That's like a, a month and a half. I looked uh, on Google Maps. Google Maps says 40 days. He took two extra days. Two leisure days, dude. Yeah, the the previous record was in was uh, it was completed decades ago, but it was forty six days. 
So this guy in 2016 was like, hey, I'm going to use technology and find the best path. The most efficient route. Exactly. So he ended up doing it in 40 days. Dude, we take Google 42. Earth like super for granted. First, Yeah. Well, Google Earth I guess too. I both too, yeah. Considering how crazy it is that you can go anywhere. But yeah. Yeah. So th- that dude used it and he got there in 42 days, which is insane. But anyway, Terry ran about the equivalent of coast to coast in the U.S. from like New York to San Francisco. So, um, Terry ran a lot. Um, so at the end of this run, he ended up raising $1.7 million. So he didn't hit his goal. Okay. But he also didn't finish. So that was probably why. Yeah. He didn't I'm finish sure either. The, the last hundred miles he would have got a bajillion, $23 million. Quadrillion. But yeah, he, he did his best and, uh, no one's gonna, no one's gonna shame him for raising $1.7 million by any means and running the equivalent of coast to coast in the United States. That's insane. With one leg. The dude that ran in the U.S. probably had more than one leg. He probably had two, if I had to guess. Um, but after the stopping of the running, they ended up holding a telethon. So, like, it's a long TV event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Call in and donate money. Yeah. Right, exactly. And they had a lot of celebrities and stuff like that Canadian to raise money. Come on, Johnny. Probably. I mean, but, I mean, they got probably had Drake there. No, I was too long ago for Drake. Yeah, I was going to say Ryan Reynolds, <laughs> but I was like, wait, Omar. Hey. So, um, yeah, they, they had a five-hour event to raise money, and they raised $10.5 million from this event. <laughs> if I had water in my mouth, I would have spit it out right there. That's insane. That's a lot of money. $10.5 million? All he had to do was host a telethon. Also, this is Canada. They're oh. probably, it's probably Canadian dollars. Also, they probably would have got like a tax write-off on it, so... I would hope so. Definitely. Donations. So. Imagine, imagine like taxing like St. Jude or something. <laughs> hey, you can have to pay us some money back. But um, yeah, so after all the donations came in from the telethon, um, people just knowing about the run a little bit more, more publicity, and all the money he raised during the run, he ended up raising like 23 million Canadian dollars. So... Basically at his goal of $1 for every Canadian citizen, which is insane. And this was around April. Uh, so he stopped running around September. So in like set four, seven months. September to In seven, seven months. So counting his days that he ran too, that's like a few more months. So, so about 10 months. Yeah, a year. Little, little, a year. Little, little over 10 months, 10 to 12 months. He raised $23 million. He hit that thing. That's insane. Dude, that's that's crazy. Yeah. So he's on top of the world raising a ton of money. You think he would have raised... Okay, this is a pessimistic side of me. Do you think he would have raised as much if he hadn't gotten cancer? No, definitely not. Time? Definitely yeah, not. I don't think so either. Oh, the second time? No, I'm not saying like if he was just a guy in Perth who ran the marathon. No, I mean like if he hadn't gotten it again in the middle of his race i don't it's hard to say i don't think he would have a guy running coast to coast with one leg is is inspirational very impressive but a guy running coast to coast and then because he had cancer and then getting cancer again it's even more while running for cancer yeah that's even more like tragic throw your waller yeah tragic throw your tragic yeah i don't know but um raise a bunch of money but in the following months, his cancer got worse. Mm. And he his, his cancer got to the point where 
um, they had to induce a coma. Mm-hmm. Um, and at, at one point, he ended up developing pneumonia. And as you know, that's because weak immune system. So, um, the beginning of the end. Yeah, so he ended up dying on June 28th, 1981. So that anniversary is coming up in a few days for us. About mm-hmm. a week. A week, exactly. Perfect timing. Yeah, so uh, he ended up dying, but his Marathon of Hope ended up being like a legend in Canada. And it continued. Yeah. So they, they continued to hold a Marathon of Hope. Um, and they, well, they didn't call it Marathon of Hope. That was the run that he made. Mm-hmm. But every year now, they have an annual run called the Terry Fox Run. And the first one was actually held the year that he died. So the Canadians got to work instantly. Immediately. Yeah. Immediately. So um, the Terry Fox Run is now one of the world, well, it now is the world's largest uh, one day fundraiser for cancer research. Oh, wow. Yeah. So in one day, they raised more money than anyone else for cancer research. And as of um, January 2018, 750 million Canadian dollars have been raised in his name. So A little bit more than you planned, Terry. Yeah. It's a little bit more than you planned. <laughs> I'd say a lot more than his goal. Um, so this basketball lover didn't even like country that cross-country running that much. Uh, ended up running... Probably one of the most like influential runs in yeah, history. Yeah, definitely one of the most iconic cross country, literal cross country. Yeah. So he's like a he's like a legend in Canada. He's he sounds like a folktale, like those folktale stories. Mm-hmm. Remember that story, John about Henry? Him? Yeah, is that the dude with the Bill and Train tracks? Yeah, yeah. John Henry. John Henry. I was trying to think of John Henry's um, name. Johnny Appleseed. I don't remember Johnny Appleseed. I just remember one kid named Samoa kept calling me Johnny Appleseed, and for some reason that made me mad. Uh, <laughs> it's the apple seed probably because your name is Johnny, so I can't imagine it was the Johnny that made you mad. <laughs> <laughs> Don't call me my name. No, uh, but yeah, it, it reminded me of the story of John Henry, the dude that tried to outbuild railroad tracks with a train, like busted through a mountain. Yeah, and stuff. there was a machine that could dig. It was a digging machine, and he's like, "I could do that." No, faster. no, no. It, it it built the railroads. It put the I tracks down, it, and it busted through a mountain. Oh well. Technically, the, the machine won. It did. Because uh, the guy died. Yeah, John, John Henry, Henry died, died at the end. He pushed himself to the limit. Yeah, just yeah. Just as Terry Fox did. But technically, the machine won. Yeah, yeah. And I guess cancer won too with Terry. Uh, yeah, technically. But, but. but there's a positive story in both situations. They both did good things for humans. What's the positive in John time? Henry? Uh, John Henry showed determination and hard work, Omar. And so did Terry Fox. He still... Yeah, okay. We all die eventually, yeah, right? He did well, something valiant. That's a cool story, dude. Yeah. So, one leg. Terry Fox for the win. Can I just say, uncontroversial opinion, cancer sucks. Dude, we should start raising awareness for cancer. You want to transition this into an anti-cancer podcast? Yeah, you got an anti-cancer story? No. Have you ever, have you ever seen those signs that say... Uh, I don't, I don't I don't even know why I'm asking this because I'm pretty sure we saw this together. But it was a sign outside of a coffee shop and it said, We support breast cancer. Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah. That's if anyone is <laughs> out there during October, if you're like we support breast cancer, 
Just think about like, it. Yeah, think <laughs> that's about what it. you're saying. I'm not going to tell you what you're saying wrong. Don't spoil it. Think about it. But you probably shouldn't support breast cancer. You should support something else. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's all I have. Uh, Terry Fox running coast to coast in Canada. It's awareness. Breast cancer awareness. Okay. That was a cool report. Thanks a lot. Uh, it got a little heavy at the end there, but I can guarantee you that mine will not get heavy at all. Oh, yes. Positivity. Mine is nothing but cuteness and adorableness. About time. So, like I was saying, when I was researching this word, I decided to explore different types of uh, islands, because an island is just a bunch of coast. Did you do the one where uh, Fire Festival is held? I thought about doing Fire Festival, but there's such a good Hulu documentary on it. You should just watch that. <laughs> Um, no, so what I will be reporting on is apparently there's these different islands across the world that are overrun by animals. And not just like animals, like a specific animal to one island. You were talking about Madagascar here? No, 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 no. I'm talking about. I guess I'll just start. Yeah, you, you so what you This is a list of different islands with cute animals on them. Oh, cute ones? Yeah, so the first island is Usagama Jima. Or Rabbit Island in Okunoshima, Japan. Yeah. Our pronunciation of Japanese is better than Spanish. You know what's Oh, man. That's so sad. Sad. Uh, so, this island is off the coast of Japan. Coast. You see? Yeah. That's yeah. how I... Right at the beginning. Japanese. Uh, and it was once a testing site for chemical weapons. Oh, fun. Fun. Fact. Yeah. That's fun. fun. Um, so the poison gas museum actually gets less visitors than the furry bunnies on this island <laughs> because it's a tourist attraction. People travel by, I don't know, train or boat, probably boat. boat. Yeah, you need a boat to get to know. Now that I think about it. Uh, they travel there just to feed all these uh, bunnies and stuff. Dude, what are these bunnies called again? Can you repeat one time for the viewers to uh, be able to Google? Uh, yeah. Usaga Jima. U-S-A-G-A. J I M A. You pull up pictures. By users, I meant I'm googling this. There's this one um girl with like food, and they're just running up to her, and it's like a storm of fluffy bunnies. It's adorable. Oh my god, that's amazing. Um, so yeah, they're apparently super friendly. They run up to people, and that's how they survive by eating off their food that the people bring. Wait, what? They survive by eating the food people bring? Yeah, to feed them. Uh, so yeah, some. People believe that the rabbits were le- left there and remnants of test subjects Aww. from the uh, chemical. But that's not true. That's not true. Okay, cool. The real story is that in the 1970s, some school kids brought over like five rabbits and they ended up leaving them behind. Five? Yeah, five rabbits. Oh, my God. And there's hundreds of thousands. Uh, so they left them behind and the rabbits have no natural predators. So On that island. They just end up breeding. Dude, that's insane. Yeah. So it's a lot of inbreeding. I'm glad you wrote that because my next point says incest. So (laughs) I'll talk about this because I watched a video on it. Um, Some people do mention that. Like, there's not a lot of genetic diversity if it's just from five rabbits. But apparently, rabbits do this weird thing where, like, pretty much every generation, one of the bunch is going to have a genetic diversity. So, so they just mutate quicker from than the 70, other animals? Yeah, they mute, They go through 
genetic diversity a lot quicker. Huh. There's more genetic diversity the more generations that go on. So, like, even if you watch the videos... Wait, in, f- in fewer generations, right? Yeah, in fewer generations. If you watch those pictures or videos, you can see they're not all copies of each other. Yeah. You have different colors, different I saw patterns. one fuzzier than the other ones. Different pelts, yeah. Um, so, apparently, like, they mature to the ability to reproduce in, like, four months. Oh, my God. And they'll have a lot of bunnies in a life, so... Dude, that's so cute. I just saw some pictures of people <laughs> being, like, bombarded by fluffy bunnies. There's a couple of different islands in Japan, so if you're an animal lover who wants to get stormed by animals, Japan's your place to go. But we'll cover those later, because uh, the next one is actually the chicken island on Kuwaii, Hawaii. So this is an island full of chickens. I don't know if you think chickens like, are cute. I don't like chickens so much. No, you don't think they're cute? I no. think they're cute from a distance. I don't think they're cute at all. Really? Chicks are. Yeah, chicks. They're chicks part are, yeah. of the chicken family. Chickens, though. Like, full-grown? Yeah. Don't like them. So, there's apparently thousands of chickens on this small island. So, if chickens aren't your thing, I'd suggest staying away. Yeah. So, like the rabbits, they have no natural predators on this island. Uh, the other islands, they have mongooses on them. Mm. And mongooses, they'll keep that the chicken population under control in Hawaii. But not here. There's no mongooses. I don't know if it's, like, there's, there's you can't say that. they can't survive there because there's a lot of chickens. There's a lot of chickens. So look at all a lot of food. <laughs> so um, the chickens, uh, the chickens on Kauai are considered genetic masterpieces because they too have evolved. What? Yeah. So these chickens have adapted to feed on cat food, garbage, scraps from tourists, and native bugs. Bro, what? They're super chickens. They're super chickens. They're like the cockroaches of chickens. That's crazy. Yeah. So uh, a recent genetic study indicates that many uh, that they may have actually been a hybrid of the chicken ancestors, which originated in Polynesia, which yeah. is like what? Like Polynesian sauce from Chick-fil-A. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Hundreds of years ago. And some plain old domestic chickens that escaped during the recent hurricanes. So that's probably why they're genetic. They're oh. genetic freaks of nature that can yeah. survive. They're part of old chickens and modern I'm sure chickens. just being on the island, they are different genetically. Yeah. That's the... Um, There's a word for that. For when animals are, like, separated geographic, like... Yeah, yeah. Geographically. Evolution, Johnny. No, no, but there's, like, a specific where, like, because of their geographic location, they are different. Not it, because of the It was a whole thing reason. with the birds, right? That's what... Yeah, there's a thing with birds where... Darwin saw. It's something like separated by a mountain. So the ones in the desert look like the color of sand. And the mm-hmm. other ones look different color. Yeah. So that's... The chicken ones, the photos are pretty cute. But you don't like chickens. So we'll good on. looking. I, I looked it up. Good looking chickens. Good looking chickens. They don't. They look like the chickens from uh, Mo- Moana. Yeah, I wouldn't want to touch them though. Well, no. Like, chickens you are kind of creepy. Chickens. They kind of move like robots, you know? That's what's cute. That's cute? That's what's cute. They move like jerky movements? Yeah, yeah. Uh, if chickens aren't your things, how about pigs? Some pigs are kind of cute. Right. So, like, out of all these islands, if I were to be reincarnated, which I don't believe in reincarnation, but let's say it happens, <laughs> I'd want to reincarnate as one of these pigs because they're from the island of Big Major K in the Bahamas. Bahamas. Big they Major K. They have the best setup here. Oh, I've seen a video of, of this the on Instagram. people going to 
the swim with the pigs? Yeah. I've seen that one too. And the pig bites one of the girls. Um, I don't know about that. Oh, that's what you've seen? Yeah. Uh, so they spend their time sleeping on the beach and splashing around in the blue waters of the tiny island in the Caribbean. And can I say, it's like yeah, the cleanest, is, clearest water I've ever seen. That is the beautiful sand. water. Yeah, it's crystal clear. Like, you can see the bottom of the... That doesn't happen here. No. No, not at all. No. That is beautiful. Definitely do yourself a favor. Vacation to the Bahamas. Cuddle with some pigs. Go swim with the pigs. So there's only about 20 pigs and piglets who live there. Um, 20? Yeah, about 20. And they live at least in part on food from the tourists who frequently uh, <laughs> who, who come to the island to swim with them. Uh, oftentimes you can see the pigs swimming up to the boats. Like as the people are coming on their boats, the pigs will swim up and swim around the boat oh, and stuff. Oh, dude, that's cute. And then they'll dock at the island and then they'll swim in the water with the pigs and play with them and stuff. That's so cute. Pigs are cute. I mean, these pigs are cute. These pigs are cute. Not the pigs that are like overfed to be like eaten. Oh, those are just sad. Those are sad, but they're also like evil and they'll, they're like herbivores. No, omnivores. So they'll eat. That's because they're being and fed and bad things. Yeah, whatever. Poor pigs. Not these pigs, though. Now, so, these pigs are living. <laughs> they're living the best life. So there are many origin stories about how these uh, pigs got there. Some say that they survived a wreck, and others say they were dumped there by former owners of a nearby island, and they were dumped there as a tourist draw, which if that was the case, oh my God, this it worked. It would definitely work. So, uh, definitely want to visit Pig Island. So, all we have to do is get a group of really cute dogs, dump them off somewhere, and See, that will become a tourist attraction. I don't know. I don't think dogs are the way to go. Because dogs can be territorial, and dogs can also be, like, flea traps and stuff. So don't dump dogs in a location yeah, and you... attempt to get rich quick. No. Okay. Maybe a different animal. Rats. <laughs> there was a mouse one, but I decided not to go oh, really? down one because I don't think mouse... I mean, mouses are cute, but they're also, like, diseases, right? So. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I've eaten a rat. You know what would control a mouse population? Uh, wait, hang on. Let me guess. Cats. Cats. That's right. The next one we're gonna talk about is Tonawanda Island in New York, also known as Cat Island. In New York? Yeah, Tonawanda. What? So yeah, this one. The island's only approximately eighty-five acres, but it's home to hundreds of feral kittens. Oh my god! So this one's pretty. How many acres? 85 acres. Oh, my Not a lot. So, uh, it was originally a dumping ground, but it was quickly turned into a paradise for unwanted felines. So, the story is that a lot of people would come and they would bring their unwanted cats and just let them go on the island. Oh, my God. That's kind of sad. Yeah, but the the cats thrived, dude. They were like, I'm going to make the best out of this. Dude, that's so many cats. They're living. Yeah, so... uh, there's a lot of cats, and the community members, they, they're not too welcoming of these cats. I'd imagine. Uh, but one area woman, she made it her mission to get the population under control, and she raised $16,000 in one year. Oh, my God. So, and with this money, she started Operation Island Cats. And this was, <laughs> this was a campaign that resulted in the trapping and spaying or neutering of 130 cats and the returning of most of them to the island. 
Nice. Yeah. The kittens were put up for adoption, but they couldn't put the adult cats up for adoption. Yeah, no one likes old animals. Well, no. It it was because they've already had their taste of freedom, Johnny, and they weren't going (laughs) to be no house cat no more. (laughs) They were street cats. They they were... No, they were cats of the wild, not street Uh, cats. My bad. Cats of the wild. They weren't going to settle for your little house. There's George of the Jungle type cats. Yeah. So, I mean, that one's pretty cool, and it's close... Well, I say close by. It's in America hey, if you want to visit. Close enough for a visit. But um I remember like so um uh, in Rome where Caesar died. Mm-hmm. Was it uh, it's that's not the Roman Forum. Um That's not? No. What is it called? Is it the Roman Forum? I thought the F- Roman Forum was the marketplace. I thought the Roman Forum was where they conducted I don't know. Anyway, uh, Government. wherever uh, Caesar died, that area is now, like, they now have a bunch of stray cats there. What? Yeah, so if you go, it's like, it's funny because it's like, that cat standing where Caesar died probably has no idea where it's at. He's just chilling, taking a nap. Everyone's taking pictures. Like, why are they all taking pictures of me? Yeah. Uh, Ides of March, bro. <laughs> so there's just a, a ton, like, dozens and dozens of cats. And they even have a little, uh, it's... I'd call it a cat shelter. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not really like sanctuary, a, maybe. I don't know. It, it's it's like an informal cat shelter almost. Okay. And they can they like help the cats get adopted and stuff. But now there's That's just a cool. bunch of cats hanging out where Caesar died. Well, if cats are your thing, it, they're the senators reincarnated. I've got more cats. More cats. But these are samurai cats. Because we're going back to Japan. We're going to oh, Japan. Yeah. Uh, Jima. In Japan, another cat island. So there are apparently several cat islands in Japan. What? <laughs> but this is probably the more, most predominant because it has the most cats. So there's a fishing village, and there's only about 100 people living in the fish village, and they're outnumbered by the hundreds of cats. So what this is an island that, that has more cats than people living on it. Wait, I just remembered a fact. I didn't really remember it. Uh, you just Googled it? Kristen... Uh, her is hearing our conversation, and she said to make sure to mention that the cats where like, Caesar died, mm-hmm. um, they're handicapped cats. So it's a handicapped cat sanctuary. Well, that's that's even better. How cute. That's even cuter. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Uh, Tashirojima. Yeah, Tashirojima. Um, so the story goes that this village once raised silkworms. And the cats were introduced to prey on the mice that preyed on the worms. (laughs) But the population grew in the 1800s as fishermen began to regard the cats as good luck. So as soon as they became good luck, they were like, yeah, these we don't have to get rid of any cats. This is awesome. Uh, Oh, yeah. You found pictures of it. Yeah, definitely. Um, So there's actually multiple shrines honoring the animals. And visitors could even stay at vacation homes shaped like cats and decorated by famous magnets. Manga artist. Yeah, definitely look up the Helms. Like, it's the cutest hotels I've ever seen. Dude, like, this is... It's really cute, but it's a nightmare for anyone that doesn't like cats. Oh, yeah, no. It's, like, a literal nightmare where, like, there's just cats everywhere. Everywhere, dude. So, this one was cool because, like, they turned it into a tourist thing. Like, Mm -hmm. their thing is cats. Yeah, but um, it's also cool how uh, they became signs of good luck, and they have all these shrines for them. So 
That's right. awesome. Yeah. Because, like, the other, the New York Island was like, no, we were made because people <laughs> hate cats. And then this one's like, no, we were here because people loved us. I feel like cats are underrated and overrated at the same time. I think cats are whelming. Not overwhelming or underwhelming. They're just whelming. You know? Like, people that love dogs only love dogs. Like, I feel like the general public is, like, really into dogs and stuff. Yeah. But it's I think, a general rule to accept dogs, but when it comes to cats. Yeah, but I think that's kind of because dogs are, like, more public and social animals. Yeah. You can't take a cat out as often as you can, get, can take Which a dog. Which you know. Because you buy your cats leashes. We're trying to take our cats to walk. And they are not. They're learning. They're going to learn. They're de- I can't wait to One of take your do- my dog and your cat on Ooh, a walk. That sounds like a terrible idea. The, for the first 20 times, it will be. But I after f- that. I feel like taking cats on a walk is not It's taking possible. cats on an exploration. Yeah, yeah. Letting cats run around. Yeah. They're not going to walk like dogs, though. I mean, your cats might. You should take them to Chesh. Chechnya? No, Cheshirojima, Japan. Tashirojima. Maybe I will. Um, But while you're there, you should stop at another (laughs) Japanese. (laughs) I don't know what Japan is. This is a shorter report on my end, but I'm glad yours was a little bit on the longer side. So, yeah, this is Miyajima uh, Miyajima Island, which is home of the... Wait, um, let me guess. Mice. No, I told you I wasn't going to do the mice. Um, You're never going to guess m- it. Uh, Mongeese. It's home of the deer. Oh, that sounds is, magical. It, yeah, it definitely is magical, especially when I get into their tricks. So this is a small island in the Hiroshima Bay, and it has become a haven for deer. So deer populations are apparently considered a pest in some regions of Japan, but they've become a draw at specifically at this island, okay. which is crazy. How are cats not considered a pest, but the deer are, right? I, I feel like deer are a little harder to, like, pet, and they're big. It's probably because deers break into trash cans. That's true. They're, they're just big. Yeah, so that's crazy. When I read that, I was like, what? And then here, we don't have a big deer population. If anything, we have an underpopulation because hunting season. Well, I, I, I feel mean, we I do feel pretty we good. Have, we have a good bit of deer. That's why people can hunt them. Yeah, so... Uh, but, I mean, if you really want to go open season, you got to go to Japan <laughs> Dude, and get ready to get arrested. They have some cute deer. Well, apparently some deer have even picked up on a trick, Johnny. If you bow to one, it will bow back in exchange for food. I'm how sorry. awesome is that? That's the most Japanese thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, taught deer how to, <laughs> there's a deer island, first of all, and these deer know how to bow for food. Like. Could you imagine us going and we reach out our hand for a handshake and it, it just bows and we're like, oh, oh sorry, bro. Wrong right. customs. Different culture, different customs. Yeah, this one was awesome. But the picture I saw of the deers, like the people coming up to the deer, they definitely look like not good deers. Oh, like these their deers? Pelts were all like raggedy oh, no, and trashy. Cute. This one's cute. I, see. This one, I'm showing you a picture of a monkey riding a it. macaque specifically. Yeah. Uh, riding a deer like a human. Yeah. Uh, I have some honorable mentions, and one of them is a monkey island, but I'm definitely going to talk about it. Yeah, dude. See, you can just walk up to the deer. Sure. You know who needs to go there? That homeboy who's like, I'm here with Vanessa the camel. Oh, you're talking about... What are you uh, doing? Deer dude. Um, yeah. 
Uh, he feeds him fruit. Brother and stuff. Nature. Brother Nature. He needs to go here, dude. Deer Island. I'm sure he's has plans. That's the person that I actually saw post a video of the pigs. Pig Island. There you go. He needs to go to Deer Island and Cat Island and Dog. He needs to visit all these anywhere. places. So this one's uh, Asagatu Island in Maryland. Maryland? Maryland and also Virginia. So maybe this is a cool place you can stop Maryland by. is very close to Virginia. They're basically the same. It's home of the Pony Island. Ponies? Yeah, so not as cute. I don't like ponies that much. I think they're overrated. But these ponies are cute because they're playing in the water. So so wild ponies like to play in the surf on this long and narrow barrier island. Uh, But they're not actually wild or ponies. They were (laughs) the feral descendants of domestic horses that don't grow beyond a certain size. So this one of those genetic diversity did not help. Oh, like a dwarf. Yeah, so a, they're a dwarf pony. they're bigger than dwarfs. They're just small. They're like the size of a donkey or a pony. Uh, I mean, like horses in general are huge. Yeah, but this is not it. So uh, the local lore here is that a group of horses survived the wreck of a Spanish uh, galleon, but most likely they were just brought to the island by colonists in the 17th century and then left there. Dude, that's a middle school a horse girl's dream. Yes. To go to Maryland and play with horses. Horses in the water just swimming. It, it, they look so majestic, dude. Did you have a horse girl in elementary school? Uh, we No, but there was one in junior high. Do you remember her? I think it's the same girl that I went to elementary school with. Okay. Blonde. Yeah, she had long hair. No, bra- it was brunette. And she had long hair. Oh, you're thinking hair. about something else. Yeah, I'll tell you after the podcast. Really? Was that one? No. No? What was yours? Uh, I, I don't know her name. We'll talk about later. We'll talk about later. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so this one's pretty cool. Um, So uh, it's apparently not a good place for them. Like, it's a harsh place to live. Oh, man, that's sad. Because there's limited food supply and frequent storms. But somehow, there's about 300 or so horses that live there. Oh, my God, that's a lot. And they've proven themselves to be pretty tough. Yeah, 300 is a lot. <laughs> yeah. Especially when it's like... A small sliver of an island. Yeah, a barrier island at that. Yeah. It's a very small island. That's crazy. Uh, I don't think I've ever ridden a horse. That's Me something you need to remember. I don't know if I would try it. Horses are scary because they they're big. Scary. I, don't know. I don't think people realize how big... Big horses are. Yeah, they're tall. They're massive. I might ride a, a donkey like Don Quixote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And tell myself I'm riding a stallion. Dude, horses are like taller than our height. Yes. That's terrible. Also, you know who Christopher Reeves is? That sounds familiar. Yeah, he used to be a famous actor who played Superman in the old Superman movies mm-hmm. in the 70s. He had to live in an iron lung because he got kicked by a horse in the chest. So. How are people not terrified of getting kicked by horses? Exactly. That's my biggest fear of horses. Not not their height. Their height's definitely a factor, but their power. I think about that anytime I'm behind a hoofed, a hooved animal. E- even dogs, dude. Okay, no, I'm not afraid of dogs me. kicking me. I'm them like biting. Dog got some strong little legs. But like when I'm behind like a, you know, this doesn't happen often, but when I am behind a a mule or a cow or any hoofed animal i don't know if a cow can get them up there dude i feel like a cow maybe can one you. leg i it, that's all it takes yeah that's true i'm just thinking one leg a one-legged kick is enough to take me out but uh, all these island stories are, remind me of like madagascar the movie or the place the, the island you, have okay. you learned about madagascar the island 
No, isn't it just an island where all the animals, like, it's a mini zoo? Basically. It's an island zoo. It's an island that, and because of it, because it's so segregated from anything else, it's uh, biodiversity on the island is massive. So there's a ton of animals that we don't know about there. And yeah. insects and plants it's and stuff. Insects. Yeah, so it's a lot of organisms there yeah. that we don't know about because it's segregated um, on by itself as an island. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm already on my last one. Okay, so. yeah. How long have we been going? Okay, hour, hour and eight. Perfect. I also have some honorable mentions we could talk about, but this one's kind of a cop out. It's the Zhao Fox Village in Japan. So, oh, it's, Japan. Yeah, it's kind of an island. It's kind of not. This one's it's a little different. So, in the mountains of the Miyagi uh, Prefecture, on the main Japanese island of Honshu, Honshu. Well, a good. sanctuary holds more than 100 roaming foxes of six different types. So, although they're wild, visitors can walk among them and they don't seem too shy. Dude, foxes are beautiful and cute. Foxes, they look like magical creatures. The most out of any creatures, I they would do. say. Because, like, when you think fox, you would think, like, oh, it's a magical cat or something. I think a Naruto. Nine-tailed fox? Yep. Mm. <laughs> So, um, like I was saying, this is more of a cop-out because it's not really an island, if you count. It's a village. I mean, it's the mainland. Japan is an island, so that's sort of it. And that's also, like saying a whole continent is yeah, an island as well. And it's a sanctuary, so it's like, it's not really, they're free roaming across the island kind of thing. Yeah. But I thought that one was pretty cool. I know you guys, you and uh, your girlfriend like foxes. I know that because one of your cats is named Fennec. That's true. Which is a type of fox. Maybe one of the foxes that live here. So um, here's some honorable mentions, some cool ones you might be interested in. They have Bison Island. Oh, dude, that's also terrifying. Remember hooved animals? Yeah, but Bisons are more, you know, docile. I'm not coming close to a Bison, though. Well, it's in Catalina Island, and these Bisons were apparently brought over for a movie, like in the 1920s. And then they were just ditched there. Oh, man. And apparently their scene in the movie was cut out. What? Yeah, so. That sounds like a lot of work to bring bison somewhere. And then to transport the bison. Yeah. yeah. What was the 1920s? 24, Big waste of money. Maybe later. I don't know. Yeah. So apparently they're just free roaming there now and they love it. They chill. Which is always awesome. Uh, they also had Cayo Santiago in Puerto Rico, which has monkeys, like I said. Mm. But even though monkeys are, like, cute, they're not always friendly. Yeah, no. They're psychos. Monkeys are also terrifying. I think I'm more afraid of monkeys than... Like, uh, what kind of monkeys are you talking about? Uh, they're little macaws. Um, m- no. Macaques? M- macaques. Isn't that a type of bird? No, macaques. Okay. Macaw is a bird. That's that's what I meant, macaques. Uh, yeah, they're little monkeys, but it's this one's apparently closed to the public. It's only open to uh, different universities and researchers. researchers. Yeah. Um, but that's not a bad thing necessarily because no. you can still sail on a boat by it. Mm-hmm. And also these monkeys apparently carry herpes. So. Oh, dude. Maybe don't visit that one. Yeah, no. Monkeys are kind of scary. Like they're creepy. Because they're like so similar to humans. I'm scared of monkeys because they'll like screech, run up and try and eat you. Like the baboon. Oh, like a... Baboons. Like baboons. 
like like a Aussie on you. Yeah. crazy children. Yeah, crazy children will screech, come up on you and hit you up a little bit, and then run. <laughs> How many kids do you think you beat up in a fight? How old? How old you were thinking? Four or five? I don't know. Eleven's still a kid. Let's let's say five year olds. Five year olds, or is that first grade? First grade, yeah. Yeah, first graders. How many first graders could you be? So they can. Group this five. might be kindergarten. It's kindergarten, I think. Okay. So kindergartners, they barely know how to read. Yeah, yeah, but they're scrappy. They're not reading to you. They're fighting. You. I could, I could outmaneuver a, a five-year-old. Like I could. But how many would it take for you to be overwhelmed? <sighs> what's the scene? Okay. Like, like we're gonna what's do my environment. What yeah, can yeah, I yeah. use? It's a football field. The only thing on the football field are the goalposts. It's a standard U.S. American football field, and you guys each start, each start on the end zones and run towards each other in the fifty-yard line. Okay. So they're you're not starting surrounded. If what you're starting at the fifty-yard line and they're at the goalpost. No, you're both at the goal opposite goalpost oh. and running to the fifty-yard line. Huh. I could take like a hundred. No way, dude. Okay. No you know way. why I say this? This is this is why I say this. Why? Because I would be able to climb up the goalpost only if there's the padding around the bottom because I can't really do a pull-up. You know what I mean? Yeah, so I feel if you. there's <laughs> if there's a padding around the goalpost, then I could climb up it and I could stay up there and just kick them in their face. I, I don't know. You ever seen oh, World War Z? No. This is a zombie movie, but there's a scene where... Hundreds of zombies yeah, are climbing climb up wall? the goalposts, climbing up each other and stuff. Okay, yeah, so. but these are five-year-olds. So, like, they would attempt... But these are, like, feral five-year-olds, okay? Oh, I don't know then. Well, I don't know. I feel like I could take a hundred if I can climb with the goalposts and kick them in their face as well, they try to get me. I'm not a coward, so I think, realistically, I could probably take 30 at the center, at the 50-yard line. Oh, on the ground, I could take, like, 15, maybe, like... I don't know. I feel like I could take 30 because I feel like a couple good hits I'll put out a lot of them and for the other ones we're just going to be wrestling. Yeah, like a good a good elbow could probably hit hit two or three of them on the way by. Yeah, a good kick, a good sweeping kick could hit connect with a couple jaws. I don't yeah. know, 30. 30? I hope this doesn't get out to any perspective employers. Yeah, just like, just so why did you apply parts? for this uh, substitute position, Omar? Hmm. Mm, so babysitter, huh? Weird. <laughs> Weird. It says on your resume you could take thirty first graders. <laughs> yeah, if they try to bully your kid, I got it. Uh, yeah. So we checked out your super popular O Word podcast. <laughs> okay, very true. So, um, back to this island. No. Oh yeah, islands. Islands of feral children. Oh yeah. So that's the monkey island. <laughs> so they also have the uh, Rundi Island in Norway. I didn't include this one because. It, their big claim to fame is puffins. Do you know the cute birds? Yeah, yeah. But Basically apparently, penguins. yeah. But apparently, there's like a thousand other birds on this island. So That's it's not fine. really a puffin island if there's other birds on the island. Well, it's not like the other islands only have those animals. But I don't know. I think the the chicken island is just chickens. If no, there's definitely other animals in there. If they there have no be. predators. I think as long as they strongly outnumber any other type of organism on the island, you can call it that animal. See, but island. I don't know if they outnumber them or if it's yeah. just like if there's like a thousand uh, puffins and like a hundred or two hundred, yeah, I don't know, penguins or whatever. So I'll count it. Uh, the last one they included was the New Zealand, 
because they have a lot of sheep. I didn't count this one because mm. New Zealand's a country, and of course they have sheep, but they have a lot it's of other island. animals too. It's an island too. That's what I'm saying. I didn't yeah. count it because it's a country and an island before it's an island. Uh-huh. So, but Australia is a country and a continent. Yeah, but what I'm saying is there's and something. An island. There's something cute about hundreds of animals on 80 acres of land yeah you're of the right. same animal you're right so that was my uh, ruling there was also i didn't include it because i don't think i understood it when i first read it but there's an island full of wallabies which are like what the hell's a wallaby it's like a kangaroo but small oh they, right they share a lot of the same dna and stuff but it was i didn't include it because i'm like yeah australia is a huge island but now that i'm thinking about it i think it said ireland <laughs> so not even close to australia but there's an island in ireland that's yeah, just wallabies. a bunch of wallabies i think it's another sanctuary so what cons- the what makes something an island surrounded by a body of water and it's small like surrounded by a small body of water no surrounded by water on all sides but is it like but wouldn't that make like say continents it, other continents no an island because they're connected to other island uh, continents, so they're not surrounded by water. Are they all of them? Yeah, all of them. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah. Here we yeah, go. Sure. You ready? Yeah. Asia connected to Europe. Yeah, they're they're connected to a lot. Europe, Europe connected to Asia. Right. Bing. Also connected to India. That's a country. India. Yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. There's seven. Yeah, Name no. them all. In the, so, this Asia, Europe, Africa, North America, South America, Australia, and Antarctica. Exactly. All of them are surrounded. Except for Australia and Antarctica. Right. What about Antarctica? Is it considered a giant island? Or is an island defined as a body of land that's surrounded by one ocean or one body of water? No man is an island. Thanks, Omar. No, I really needed that. Anyways, yeah, that's all I got, <laughs> and it's really hot in here. Yeah, it's hot, so uh, we can we can end this. So I mean, you rolled up your pants and everything. It so did. It's pretty serious. Skin toasty. So that's pretty much uh, all we have for this podcast on the word coast. Yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed our lighter tone. Oh, you didn't let me spell it. Oh, C O A S T. Coast. Coast. <laughs> Anyways, guys, thanks for listening. Bye.